The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. As a church, are we Google? Are we Starbucks? Are we Ford? Are we another institution, another entity? Are we a political ideology or construct of man? We're not any of that. We're not Google. We're not Microsoft. We're not Ford. We're not even Starbucks. No. We are the church of Jesus Christ. That's right. And the gates of hell will never prevail against the church of Jesus. Next, Samuel Rodriguez calls believers to stand up and be light that confronts darkness. So welcome, and we welcome you to life today. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to have you. Sammy Rodriguez is with us. This is one of my best friends. You know, he's he's uh, kind enough to call me dad a lot, and I, you know, he's such a good-looking kid. You know, I mean, I just I'm tell you what, boy, howdy. I mean, I used to have black hair like that, and then people used to think I was Latino. I was Hispanic. And I preached crusades in Mexico. They said they really like you. You sound like they're dictators, and they like you. So I just took off, you know, with all this authority that I would speak with, you know, and. And Sammy Rodriguez is a gift from God. You think about it, with over 40,000 Hispanic churches that he has oversight of and, in, and really gives encouragement and insight and inspiration to him, but also uh, worldwide with the organizations of these Hispanic and Latino groups. I'm talking about overseas. I mean, the whole world, there's 500,000, 500,000 congregations of evangelical believers that uh, Sammy's giving oversight and encouragement to. He just... he. And he wants to kind of light their fire, but more than anything, see them become the light of the world and have a light effect on illuminating the way out of darkness. I mean, this is what the subheading, shining God's beauty. I mean, he's radiantly attractive. Light is that way. It's, it's, it's magnetically attractive. Truth and hope into a darkened world. That's why we're here. Would you welcome Sammy Rodriguez telling us to be light? Be light. Jesus said we are light. He's the light of the world, but we are because he's in us. We become the light of the world. And he says we're salt and light. And he says if the salt loses its effect, then it's good for nothing but being trampled under the feet of men. And everything precious is being trampled under the feet of men. Innocent life in the womb, done away with, marriage desecrated, the family belittled, religion and faith uh, ostracized, criticized, minimized and even illegal now in some expressions. And light, if you grope in darkness, you don't find the way anywhere meaningful. It's just chaos. And he left us here to be light. And you are saying it loud and clear in this book and every time you speak. It's, first of all, thank you, uh, Daddy James and Mama Betty. <clears throat> and you inspired a great portion of this book. Years back, you, you instilled in me the idea of you need to go beyond asking for God to answer your prayer and you need to shift and pivot to God make me the answer to someone else's prayer. That came from you. And we live in dark times. Yeah, I mean, arguably some of the darkest times in recent history. Mm -hmm. Dark hour, indeed. No and in the midst of this darkness, we can take our time, energy, resources, pulpits, and platforms to curse the darkness, to damn the darkness, 
to whine about the darkness, complain, protest the darkness, or we can take all that energy and turn on the light. Mm -hmm. So the mandate, the clarion call from Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. Mm -hmm. You are the light of the world. And a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And neither do you light a lamp and place it under a bowl, but rather you place it on its stand so it can provide light to everyone and everything in the room. That's the call. It's to be light. Rather than complaining about the darkness, why not turn on the light? And there are certain, like, components that guide me. I call it my prophetic rubric. One is, today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. No doubt. That's right. Second, we are what we tolerate. Third, there is no such animal as comfortable Christianity. Fourth, we should never sacrifice truth on the altar of political, cultural, or sexual expediency. Mm -hmm. And number five, and respectfully, while the church is waiting for Jesus to come down, Jesus is waiting for his church to stand up. Yes. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And, and adorned in light and glory. In light his and glory. light and his glory, because he's coming for a church adorned in that glory. Not for a defeated church, divided, desecrated, dissentious church, but a victorious church being the light and, he left James, us to be. That's where we have to reconcile our eschatology or our missiology. Because again, mm -hmm. I believe in John's admonition in the book of Revelation given by the Lord to pray, come Lord Jesus, come. Amen. I make that prayer. But he's not coming back for a defeated church or a whining church or a complaining church or a church in the fetal position. Right. He's coming back for a glorious, thriving, wonderful, holy, righteous bride. So it, it really, this is a clarion call, but it speaks to you personally and corporately. And, and it begins by, you are the light of the world. God always defines us. He always defines us first. Who are we? So we have to answer that question, who are we now? We as the church and we individually, what defines us? Are we defined by our circumstances or are we defined by his covenant? Are we defined by our surroundings or by the Holy Spirit inside of us? Are we defined by what, what people say about us or are we defined by what Jesus already did for us? Now, are we, as a church, are we Google? Are we Starbucks? <laughs> are we Ford? Are we another institution, another mm -hmm. entity? Mm -hmm. Are we a political ideology or construct of man? We're not any of that. We're no. not Google. We're not Microsoft. We're not foreign. We're not even Starbucks. No. We are the church of Jesus Christ. That's right. And the gates of hell will never prevail against the church of Jesus. And we're not supposed to be covered by anything. If any man has a covering on him other than Christ, that means we're not submitted and covered by a denomination or by a political party or by a system or an ideology. We are covered by Christ as his body and we proclaim his truth. We release it like a river of life in love. That's light. That's what we do. So we don't join or become an institution. We're a living organism, the church, the body of Christ, expressing who he is, his will, and we flow it like a river. But, and there should be no greater institution, of course, shining the light, and no greater person than a, a, a born-again Christ follower is light. Yeah. But, but then there, there's a reason why Jesus said, but you don't light the lamp and hide it under a bowl. So what, what are we hiding under right now? Under fear. Mm -hmm. and, and under apathy, complacency, comfortable Christianity. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, to a great degree, we're even hiding under the, uh, the, the idea that they're, oh boy, <laughs> this is selfie Christianity. Mm, selfies. The narcissistic yeah. Christian brand. And mm -hmm. it's all about me. That's right. And even... even I praise God because in my praise, I will experience my breakthrough. Remember back in the day when we used to praise God because he was worthy of being praised? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And, and it's all about me, my blessing, my breakthrough, my thing, my circumstances, and Christ is no longer the center of it all. And then we're wondering why, the, why things seem to be like going to hell in a handbasket, and, and, and Christianity seems to be marginalized, at least here in America, is because Christ is not the center of it all. We can't be light unless Christ is the center of it all. Center of my life, center of the church, center of our Christian movement and Christian walk and Christian experience. So it's a clarion call. In the book, I lay out a biblical antidote to our pathetic times. And I do believe God provides a prophetic solution to every pathetic circumstance. Everyone. Without exception. There's not a thing that the believers can't do to download transforming truth on this nation. If two agree and he agrees, there's nothing impossible. Nothing impossible with God. We don't have a problem we face in America. We don't have an issue or a challenge that the people of God submitted to the will of God, committed to be the light, to provide the answer, not curse the darkness, turn on the light. We don't have a problem we can't correct as quickly as Nehemiah rebuilt the walls. He rebuilt the walls with all the ridicules and the skeptics out there mocking him and trying to stop him. He rebuilt the walls in just over 50 days. We could correct our perilous course if the church would stand up and stream the truth and be, and light. be the light that you have called for right here in Jesus said we, we are. We have to remove the bowl of complacency. The covering, get it off. We have to remove, wow. I have, we have to remove the bowl of political correctness. We do, yes. absolutely. Amen. We have to speak truth to power. And, and we have to remove that. Because there's no mandate in Scripture, you know, be conservative, be liberal, be Republican, be Democrat, be donkey, or be elephant. None. <laughs> that it's never right. happened. Be light. Be light. Yes. Mm -hmm. Be light. The to, call is to be to light. To the donkey and the elephant, to the Democrat and the Republican, to the conservative and the liberal, period. Don't let somebody nullify us by sticking a label on us when he's already said, let me tell you who you are. You're the light of the world I, because I'm in you and I am the light of the world. That's my primary label. I am a Christian first and foremost. Before I am anything else, before I am Republican or Democrat, conservative, liberal, black, white, yellow or brown, Hispanic, charismatic or automatic, I am. <laughs> I am a Christian. That's right. I am a born again, blood washed, Bible believing Christian. And my mandate is to be light. But to be light means we must remove that bowl of complacency and apathy, which means as Christians, we have responsibilities. We have a mandate. We have a call. I was quickened and, and motivated to write the book, and there are many things that led me, but I had an experience in my living room. My, my wonderful, lovely wife of 26 years was preparing a Hispanic sort of a Puerto Rican cup of coffee. By the way, that's just wrong on many levels. You should be careful of that. Um, because it's wrong. And you explain why I speak in such an accelerated manner, right? That's, hallelujah. Glory. But she was preparing. I kid you not. And this is what happened. I had a moment. And, and, and I'm, a, I'm an evangelical Trekkie, so I'm, I'm not, though I'm excited and I preach in a very excited manner, but I, I, I doubt a lot of things, meaning I'm very skeptical about, about emotional exuberance. I knew it was God. I felt the spirit of God in my living room. I was alone. And, and I, I was asking God, why was he? And I went, to, I went on my knees and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me in my heart about Samuel, there's anything I want you to do from now on. Wherever you go and, and, and wherever I give you an opportunity to preach, tell them the following. Be holy, be one, be light. Mm. Out of all the messages, Samuel, just tell my people to be holy. Remind them to be holy, to be one. Unity in the kingdom, in the body, the, the fragmentation, the, the, 
the division is the reason why, why it seems right now that Ahab and Jezebel are winning. And be light. Be holy, be one, and be light in that pecking order, in that chronological order. If we can do that, if we can just focus on the righteousness, pursue righteousness, not legalism, but grace-filled, Christ-centered, Bible-based holiness. And if we could work on being one, instead of dividing the kingdom, we're so divided, so much fragmentation in Christianity, while the other side, darkness is united. And there are a bunch of different lamps hiding under so many different bowls Mm -hmm. of religiosity and denominationalism of different streams and threads, and we critique each other and we fight each other instead of coming together and being light. If we would ever come together, then we can be light. But I understand my assignment for the rest of my life. And for my children's sake and my children's children's sake, we can't get this wrong. There are, and if I could reference back the, the reference of 1 Kings 18 that I just alluded to, Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel is alive and well in our day and age. Yes, it is. The spirit of Ahab. Jezebel is a, it's a very interesting figure because Jezebel was responsible for the, the construction of Asherah poles all over Israel. Ash, the Asherah pole became the quintessential standing physical reminder of pagan subjugation, which meaning if you would wake up in the morning and walk out of your house, you would see an Asherah pole. It would remind you the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has failed you supposedly. There's a new king in town. And the Asherah pole, your God is no longer with you. And today we have Jezebel constructing Asherah poles and and demanding that we worship to the altar of Baal. We worship a source other than God. And that's the problem. It can be Pharaoh, Caesar, federal government, Uncle Sam, or some idolatrous religion. Anything to replace our dependence upon God and the wisdom that comes from divine providence and the one who can really give us oversight correctly and how to deal with the issues we face and the personal responsibility to assume that responsibility which without you cannot have freedom nor keep it or preserve it or protect it. And we're being asked to trust other sources other than God, we're being, and this is being marketed very effectively. And we're being, we're being called to, to submit and to, and to be subjugated under the confines and laws and mandates of Jezebel and Ahab. But in 1 Kings 18 and 19, and I love something beautiful in 1 Kings 19, where it's 1919, where it says that Elisha was pushing the plow and he was breaking the ground and sowing the seed when Elijah saw him and threw his mantle on him. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe, here's the good news, there are a bunch of people who have been pushing the plow and breaking the ground for a long time. And I do believe this is the hour where God's going to place a mantle of authority upon an entire generation. I believe it. That will, in the name of Jesus, confront the spirit of Jezebel and the spirit of Ahab in the name of Jesus. And we will be light in our day and age. And we will be a generation that will declare, when light stands next to darkness, light always wins. Wow. Isn't that great? Don't you appreciate saying that right can you imagine what that will look like when we all become that light that God has created us to be? Oh, it's an awakening. How bright the day will become. It's an awakening. And people will be drawn to that light. Indeed, indeed. It doesn't say, be happy. <laughs> or be the choir master of Kumbaya Christianity. <laughs> you know, be right. I'll just look, and respectfully, I'm not demeaning any... Because all of these things are tangential sort of derivative benefits of your Christian walk. It doesn't say, you know, be rich. No. 
It's be light. Yeah. Everything else will follow by the grace of God, but it's be light. Not politically correct, but be light. If we can turn on the light, I mean, oh, we're, look, I can't believe the Supreme Court. I can't believe Congress. I can't believe the political climate of America. And all we're doing is whining and complaining about darkness. Oh, knock it off already. Come on, turn on the, on the light. light in the name of Jesus. Be the, be the, be light. Be the witness. He left us here as witnesses. We've been left here to be witnesses for him, ambassadors for Christ, more than conquerors. How you doing? <laughs> we are light. We are light. And we're going to take off the bushel covering, the Come bowl on. covering, and get it on the lampstand. You thank God for Samuel oh, Rodriguez. <laughs> thank you. This is in the bookstores. Get a copy for everyone you know. All right. Sammy, you know we have been putting God's arms around hurting people all over the world. Yes. You know that. And our viewers... I believe our light, and I believe because they're in the yoke with Christ and the, the load is light because he's light, they love to lift someone's burden. You referred a moment ago that you heard me say, become an answer to someone's yes. prayer. Our viewers love that. You want to be an answer to someone's prayers? Well, let me show you something. You're going to hear a prayer. You're going to hear Sheila Walsh, a wonderful gift from God, to Life Today and Life Outreach and our mission outreaches. You're going to hear her heart. I believe God's heart. Watch very closely and be a miracle. Yo le digo, Señor, tú que me lo diste así. Y yo casi me tuve al morir con mi barriga. Todos los días cuando me levanto le pido a Dios por mi bebé y que Dios me le dé cada día más vida y salud. Angel right now 
and answer this mom's prayer. Oh God, would we be able to find the angels, the messengers? Sheila Walsh is here in our studio. She's part of Life Outreach and Life Today. You shared the compassion of a mother over a mother for a child. What do you hope and pray that all the viewers who are watching right now will do? You know, it's so easy to watch a piece like that and you think that's some woman on the other side of the earth, but she's not. She's our sister in Christ. You know, she told me her husband's not a believer yet, but her other two children are. And when she started to cry because she saw what happened to her little baby, her son said to her, come on, mom, you've told us since the day we were born that God is good and he answers prayers. So we're gonna pray that God will send an answer. And we were able to do that because of you guys, because you care. This is a beautiful woman and that darling little baby can get help. I, the thing I, I see is that we can all do something. I got to take my son Christian with me. And when he met that mom, Rosario, and saw the baby, he went into his backpack and my 19-year-old son emptied his wallet and gave it to her because she's malnourished and she can't produce enough breast milk to feed her baby. And he said, mom, how can I go home and order a pizza when this mom can't even give her baby milk? But here's the great thing, we can, there's hope. We can change this baby's life so that this little one won't just run. This little boy will be able to run into the arms of Jesus if you'll help us. Oh, thank you, Sheila. And I just found myself saying, God, you're gonna answer that prayer for our angel with messengers who have an angelic blessing to offer. Betty, I'm believing everyone watching is gonna say, we'll, we'll give your baby simple little brace like this or whatever it takes, or the surgeries. The surgeries for these more difficult situations are $400. That's because medical doctors go like missionaries and offer their services, and that's what serious surgery costs. But these little braces are $17 each, and here, here's one for a little bit older child and while their bones can still be shaped easily, they just begin to, to sleep in these and it begins to correct it. It happened for our own daughter who, who had a little bit of a, a pigeon-toed effect that was causing her to trip and she had to wear them when she was young and even had to wear them quite a while. It became you know, more, you know James, more... God performs miracles in many, many different ways. We don't have to look very far. Just open our eyes every day. Every day is a miracle. We, we have an opportunity to join our hearts together right now and to reach out and be a miracle for these children, for these babies, for that mother. She's asking God for a miracle. Will you join with us and let's give the miracles that we can help these babies? Well, we've actually believed God in prayer that we have an assignment to give 10,000 mothers and little children straight feet. And there's a thousand people a day who could say, well, well, we'll buy two braces for $34, $17 for each brace. Some would say, I'll give 68 and we'll take care of four and some can give over 100 and help six. You're gonna be the miracle mothers like that pray for. I really do believe that. Go to lifetoday.org. I pray that you just say, thank God I can walk over to get my mobile device or my laptop or my computer. Or you can dial the phone number and take your bank card either way, use your bank card like a check, and make the largest gift you can. 
we need some people who will give those $400 surgeries because there's some serious things. And sometimes the children have gotten a little older before they knew they could get help. And that does take surgery. Would you please make the gift God put on your heart and what Sheila Walsh just asked you to do and to pray about? Would you please? Lifetoday.org. Use your bank card like a check or dial that number and become someone's miracle. The answer to a mother's prayer to a child's need. Thank you so much. Children born with birth defects in underdeveloped nations are often overlooked, uncared for, and even abandoned. And for tens of thousands every year born with a condition known as clubfoot, their deformity leads to a struggle to just survive. The good news is there is a simple and life-changing solution. This summer, with your support, Life Outreach will provide 10,000 children with corrective braces that will give them a chance to walk like any normal child. With a cost of $17 per brace, your gift of $34 will help provide two children with corrective braces, $68 will provide for four children, and $102 will help give six children braces and the opportunity to walk. And for children with a much more severe need, gifts of $400, $800 or even $1,200 will help provide life-changing corrective surgery for one, two, or three children in need. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Beth Moore's devotional, Blessed Mornings and Restful Nights. With your gift of $102 or more to provide six children with corrective braces, you'll also receive the Journal Edition NIV Bible. Finally, with your gift of $1,200 or more, you may receive Majesty, our 2016 commemorative bronze sculpture. This summer, join with us to give children hope for a future. Let's give them a chance to walk. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I want to say thank you. Father, thank you that we can see mother's prayers and hopes and dreams come true for the children. In Jesus' name, thank you for being that answer to prayer, for being that miracle. Samuel Rodriguez is a gift from God for this day. Not only can he preach, but he can write, and it, it's like fire when it comes off the page. It'll get down in your heart. You help us, you be a miracle, we want to send you what can inspire us all together to become a miracle, to reveal the living Lord to a world in darkness. We can shine that light. We'll send it to you to say thanks. I encourage you to get one in the bookstores or go online and get one for a friend and say, let's be light together. Join Betty and me in saying thanks to Sammy Rodgers. Thank you. And I love you. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Go to stream.org every day. Make it your own thing. Stream.org. Check it out.
Become an ambassador for life and feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty, and bring hope to the hopeless. When you raise funds for life, you change lives. Contact Life today. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.